Hi everyone, welcome back to the Big Tech Pulse. You're here with Julia, and today I'm joined by Adam Doyle, who is head of gambling for the LexisNexis Risk Narrative platform. We're here to talk about um, online gaming, everything KYC, responsible gaming, what those requirements are. So, Adam, thank you so much for joining me on the Big Tech Pulse today. Thanks, Julia. Nice to meet you. Um, I wondered if you could give us a quick overview of maybe a little bit about your role, what your responsibilities are, um, what kind of operators you work with, and then we can dive into some of those KYC points. Yeah, perfect. So I came over from the True Narrative business uh, just over two years ago. I was part of the management team there, but also I had been looking after the gambling vertical. Uh, So I've been working in the sort of identity management space for about 15 years now. uh, And for a lot of that time, as well as sort of supporting and management teams, a lot of it has had a key focus on the, the gambling businesses. Um, I think over the years, I've probably been involved in about 400 gambling operators contracting wise. So, and that's on a global level. So I, I'm hoping what I really have been doing over the last two years with LexisNexis is it's supporting the sales team from around the globe uh, and helping them um, go through the process of initial conversations with the operators and then closing the contracts. So you're a busy man. Yes, <laughs> my wife. Uh, my wife enjoys the six o'clock wake-ups and the uh, eleven o'clock still on calls with the uh, the US and the, uh, the 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 LATAM teams. The joys of global business. Um, I wonder if we start our conversation today. Obviously, KYC. You know your customer. Anybody familiar with our work? We work very closely with financial institutions. So you know KYC is a very familiar term. What does it mean specifically when you were talking about gaming and, and gambling operators? I think specifically from a, from an online perspective, because that's where where we really seem to to be focusing the conversation today. Yeah, exactly. I think if you just quickly look at the land-based bit, it's very simple, isn't it? If you go into any casinos, they expect you to show whether it's a driving license or passport, and that's very simple. Uh, In the uh, unseen environment, it becomes very challenging. But if you look at things like the UKGC, they specifically say that an operator, as and when a player uh, registers, at that point, they have to validate their player. And what they're looking to do is the initial one is they're ensuring that players are over the relevant age. So in the UK, is it's making sure that someone's 18 and above. Uh, the expectations that they uh, they put on the operator is that they have to validate to name, address and a date of birth. And like I said, the main reason for that is it's, it's ensure it's protecting players under the age of 18. On top of that as well, what they're also doing is the UKGC are ensuring that they're protecting players, uh, protecting operators against uh, money launderers and also sort of politically exposed people. So we're making sure that our prime minister is not spending uh, the, the UK's budget on his gambling habit. Uh, and then further down the line, what they're really doing is they're trying to ensure that uh, the protecting players that can't afford to gamble to ensure that they're not gambling above their means. So they're, they're probably the core focuses that they're really looking to uh, for an operator to carry out. And that's that piece around this sort of responsible gaming and, and player safety. I mean, is there, do you, I mean, I know that you can't share specific examples, but what would be um, a red flag when it comes to somebody maybe maybe gaming more than they should be able to? How, how does a gaming operator get that get that information, make that decision. Yeah, so the there is a consultation document that's going out at the moment, which should hopefully be a, a lot more clarification by the end of this year. But a, a lot of it, I think if we look at it, a lot of it is common sense. So where there has been some fines, um, an operator, you know, they have to take accountability in the sense that they've never seen this player before, they've registered and within six hours, they've spent over a hundred thousand pounds, you know, 
that's that's quite a bit of common sense of that shouldn't be allowed especially when no due diligence has been carried out so some of the the measures that are being put in place is if someone has spent more than uh, a couple of hundred pounds within uh, a certain time or an annual amount or that's a lower level well they'd expect you to see right has this person got any ccjs have they got any outstanding payments and then when people have spent you know maybe let's say the number that's being used is £2,000 within uh, a year. Once that carries out, they're expecting people to really sort of have a look at whether it's um, financial information out there. So Cato is a, a system that's currently, well, previously been used and looking to be brought back. Uh, we do uh, have a supplier that helps us look and get loan outcome information. So that's very good because a lot of the people that are vulnerable have probably been taking out loans. So that's very powerful. And then the other way that the UKGC is suggesting is looking at open banking information. But again, where you can have open banking information, I'm sure like everyone who listens to this, they probably have a food account. Me and my wife, we have a food account, several hundred pounds goes into that a month. And all you're seeing is on the 15th of every month, into it you're not seeing anything else so going down that route it's not really allowing you to see any vulnerable act, uh, activities so it's kind of a combination of various different factors and also that common sense approach, it's triggers yeah yeah, it, yeah it's very much triggers if you once you you know once someone's been on a website for a while you can see what their typical pattern is for example me on a saturday i might bet on horse racing and football and i'm typically spending 50 pounds on a weekend whereas if mm -hmm. one weekend i'm now spending a thousand and i'm betting on the next available bet whether it's horse racing football ping pong tennis that type of stuff that's another good indicator that this probably person's either one their account's been taken over or two they're now uh, potentially suffering from an addiction issue got you got you and so i, I suppose there's, there's a lot to consider in terms of obviously carrying out the right checks um ensuring that player safety ensuring that responsible gaming is there when you speak to compliance officers of these gaming firms and you know when you go in and have, have these initial discussions with them what is it that you think what do they really struggle with what is it that's keeping them up at night i suppose the things that you really see now is especially let's call it these tier one operators the amount of transactions that they're going through is it's crazy we're talking hundreds of thousands of transactions a day and and what we see with some operators is they're either using old technology which as their volumes have grown and as they've grown as a business they sort of uh, sticky tape and blue tack something together to, to try and help help them which really it normally takes about five people to pull the report and seven days and um, so the struggle is it's it's staying on top of that as and when it's happening and that's something really where LexisNexis is a business where we're really helping people because we have the ability to monitor people as and when the transactions are going through so when a flag is hit we can freeze an account we can flag it to the compliance team so that's something that really gives them peace of mind that they're not 24 hours but after the incident has happened so that's that's really where we try and give a compliance person peace of mind if that they know as and when someone hits a threshold that, that they deem uh, something needs to happen. Our system makes sure mm -hmm. that happens straight away. Mm -hmm. And we, when we were talking before, sort of, you know, in earlier conversations outside of this podcast, you mentioned there was a phrase about the single view of a player. Can you maybe explain that? Because that's quite an interesting concept. Yeah. So the the one point that the uh, UKGC really took about is having this single view of the customer. Uh, unfortunately, at the moment, what you have in the gambling space is sharing data is something that's not really there because it's it's a lack of trust. Uh, operators believe that if they flag that someone's hit this level, 
uh, people will just start putting their VIPs on there. So when sort of a VIP tries to come on there, they'll be flagged as don't touch them. So when we talk about a single view, what we're talking about, we're talking get a single view of that operator. So let's say of Adam Doyle. So what we have the ability with all the different uh, products that we have at LexisNexis, we have the ability from point of registration. So we can look at devices of this uh, person. So using the likes of threat metrics, we can actually see has this person been associated with bad activities previously. Then obviously with the different products that we have globally, we have the ability to look at this person's name, address and date of birth and ensure that at the right age to play. And as and when this person's starting to spend and deposit, whether it's three days or whether it's three years, we can constantly be looking at the amount of spend, what the betting on, the time that they've been playing. So the operators, they'll have their own risk-based level of, we don't believe that this person should be playing more than three hours on slots every seven days. So with this system, not only are we able to look at data, we're able to look at the ability to communicate. So as and when this happens, we can actually, it can be on a, a chat box where they could have a chat with someone and say, actually it's two o'clock in the morning on a Saturday. Typically people who are playing at this time and at this amount have been out drinking and they think they're the next big poker player when they're not. Um, so it's that instant and ability to be able to communicate and demonstrate to the operators, um, to the regulators as and when these points are happening, you're actually on the ball. And it's the same with questionnaires as well. Once people are hitting certain thresholds, you're actually be able to have a questionnaire and sort of ask them the questions of, should you be spending this amount uh, and that's and that's really the point you want the ability to have a view of that whole customer's life cycle from day one to five ten years down the line and be able to demonstrate that as an operator you're going above and beyond to make sure your players are using this as an entertainment side and not using it as an addiction side that could cause issues for themselves and their family members and on that point then, because obviously we've talked a lot about triggers in place to stop people when they are getting to a point where it's becoming problematic. We've talked about making sure that people are who, who they say they are and conducting those KYC checks. When you've got people who are just, you know, like you said, on a Saturday, you want to be on some horse racing, you want to be on some football. How do operators balance that? You know, customer experiences is huge. And we've just released a study which which puts customer experience in terms of top of priority for compliance officers. Um how do they ensure that the the checks and the you know the making sure that you're aligned with requirements isn't impacting this customer experience for for genuine players who just want to have a, a good time who don't have a problem um and you know they want to be onboarded quickly and they don't want to have to go through um you know various blockages if they are just wanting to spend you know 50 pounds on a football game yeah i think that's that's probably over the next uh, sort of year to three years where the biggest challenge is coming from the operators because what we're really seeing now is that uh, the regulators around the world are starting to treat gambling rather than as an entertainment now it's starting to treat it as like going through a loan application so these points that they're talking about when people are hitting and spending this amount of money you need to know more you need to know more and that's that's really where the challenge that the operators are having is one making sure that they're aligning to regulation because obviously they don't want to hit, be hit with a significant fine. But two, they don't want to make the player think, well, actually, I've been asked less questions when I've gone for a loan or a mortgage. So that that's where it's really the the, the juggling act. Um, I think what we're really going to see, especially in the UK with a new consultation document, is that it's trying to make it a level playing field. And what I mean by that is gamblers are not loyal. So where you'll have, whether it's retail brands, shopping brands, you can build that loyalty. But with gamblers, there's not. 
they're looking for quick, fast and um, seamless. So if I go on one website and they're asking for my savings and my pay slips, I'm just going to go to the next one and to the next one until you actually get on. And that's one of the things that operators are really asking for, that if if it's a level playing field and people, everyone's asking for this or everyone's not asking for this, that's fine. And I think that's what a lot of operators are hoping with the, the, the new regulations is that it's going to be clear, it's going to be precise, and it's going to be saying everyone has to do that. And by doing that, it's fine because whether I'm a player going on one site or a player going on the other one, the expectations is exactly the same. And so while we're well, while operators are waiting for those new responsible gaming outlines, what in your mind you mean you've you've been working in this industry for many years what what is a com, sort of a, a comprehensive compliance process in terms of doing the right checks balancing customer experience what are some of the key things that should be considered yeah i, I think when when a player initially signs up it's obviously an operator needs to get an understanding of what's this person's habits what do they typically do so to start off with a lot of it is common sense. You know, if I've just come on there, I'm spending thousands of pounds. That's something where you, you're going to have to have a look at this. And, you know, at, at some point you you will have to ask someone for, you know, how much do you earn? Uh, let's have a look at your pay slips. But I, I would say the majority of people are keeping at that sort of low level amount where it doesn't look stupid. It's a 10, it's a 20 pound bet on the weekend. So I think it's really just where, and again, going back to what LexisNexis do as a business, with our transactional behavior and monitoring, we're able that an operator can actually hardwire in the regulators uh, outlines of what is expecting and what they class as worrying indicators and also as a business you'll have with these different operators so the big ones which are plc companies they're obviously going to put in a higher level of risk than some newer sort of uh, business or let's call it a tier th two or a tier three so it really comes down to the companies what they believe is uh, ethical um, but what we try and do is we try and allow them to implement the right stuff where if someone is coming in and they're starting to spend thousands of pounds within a first day or a first week, that's where we give them the ability to communicate with the customer and say, right, we are doing this as a regulation requirement, but we're also doing it ethically to make sure that you're not spending more than you should be able to spend on the in the gambling environment. So, okay, so kind of factoring in the right the right processes up front, but then also the right triggers throughout kind of the, the playing cycle. Yeah, yeah. I, I, and uh, to the, your point before, it's balancing it. It's making sure that when they are starting to have uh, the communication with the player, it, it's making sure that they're aware of they're doing it because they're trying to protect you and making sure that you're using their their, their services as an enjoyment rather than using the, uh, their services to chase a loss or... You might be struggling with money and it's to pay for your next bill so that mm -hmm. that's really where it, it's the fine balance and, and like i said there are going to be new uh, guidelines that are coming out but a lot of it at the times where you know it, it is common sense you know people should not be spending x amount of money and if they do i suppose you know if you're going for a loan and you want to borrow five thousand pounds you know that actually they're going to ask me for this information so again I think where we talk about education from the operator's side, it's actually got to be players' education as well. And they've got to realise that when people are spending a certain amount of money, yes, it is your money. But again, the operators are given uh, expectations to carry out these relevant checks. So I think it's uh, it's a player education. So if you look, for example, in Sweden, 
Uh, Sweden, they have no issues giving any operator any information. Uh, if I didn't ask uh, a Swedish player to provide a certain amount of information, they would probably think, well, is this a dodgy website because they're not asking me for this information? So I think in the UK players, especially, it's an education process. Got you. And and obviously, we've talked about, about the, the UK Gaming Commission. Um, you've just mentioned Sweden there. Is there anything that um, operators, if they're looking to move from from the UK, if they're looking to move into emerging markets, obviously online online gaming is being um, legalised and it's, it's starting to open up in a lot more markets. What can these operators take maybe from from the UK GC regulations when it comes into moving into emerging markets? Can they sort of do a, a, a copy paste um, and maybe tweak it from there to help them speed up, or is it a complete overhaul depending on the regulations? Yeah, I think if you if you follow the guidelines of the UKGC, you, you won't be far away from being, you know, in the right place. Uh, to your point, yes, there is probably tweaks. So when you look at different uh, regulations, jurisdictions around the world, they might not say, right, you're doing it on registration. It might be on first deposit or withdrawal or, or spend of a certain amount. So touching back on what the benefits that you'll find from the Lexus solution is, you don't want a one size fits all because for example what the uk gc is asking if you move to the likes of malta uh the uk gc probably ties them what you need so again it's making sure you have a solution that fits the regulation um as it's supposed to be so again with the alexa solution where we're doing it is whether it's states whether it's different countries you can specifically uh tune uh the rules to meet the relevant regulations and again what that's doing is it's making sure that you're playing in a level playing field you know if you're applying the ukgc regulations in sort of let's say in an asia market you're just basically going to be kicking out a load of customers where you don't need to because that regulation piece is not in place in that country so again it's specifically having the right rules and responsible abilities in each state country jurisdiction perfect and that's a nice wrap-up i think to conclude this episode i think adam if you were to leave listeners with one one piece of advice, you know, particularly for for gaming operators who this is relevant to, what what would that be? Yeah, I think one of the things that we're really seeing is that uh, there's a lot of research being carried out by companies to understand uh, addiction issues and also how people um, play in an online environment. And I think I mentioned it before. There is a lot of transactions that are going through these operators. It is, it is physically impossible to deal with this with humans just sitting there and dealing with every transaction as it's going through. Um, technology has significantly improved since the late 90s when the gambling market started. And also there's a hell of a lot of data out there. I think unless operators really start embracing the technology and data, uh, it's going to really impact with them with fines. Um, so data and technologies there use it because not only will it ensure that you don't have any issues uh, with uh, with fines it will also make the customer journey far better and again it will reduce the the amount of work that you're having to do from your customer service teams perfect that's great thank you so much adam doyle lex and texas risk solutions really appreciate your time today thanks julie and for anybody who's interested we will include a couple of links to some relevant content and also to um to some of those products that adam mentioned in the podcast so thank you so much for tuning in and we will see you again next time on the reg tech pods